Hi, I love horror. Do you? Welcome to Love Horror Podcast Episode 6. <gasps> Last time I took a little look at some horror video games that were released in 2014. This time I'll be continuing to look at trivia from the Friday the 13th movies like I've done in some previous episodes. In this episode, it will be trivia from A New Beginning, basically Part 5, and Part 6. Warning, there will be spoilers. Next week, I'll take a look at some other popular horror movies that have been set in summer camps, because the Friday the 13th films are not the only ones. It will not be trivia, though. It will be just a brief mention of the various films with a synopsis. Okay, Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. This is the only Friday the 13th besides the original not to use the character of Jason as the main antagonist, unless you count the dream sequences, of course, in the movie. In Jason Goes to Hell, basically part 9, he body swaps, but he is at least in it in the beginning and at the end. Although it appears on all promotional material, the part V, the part 5, does not appear in the actual film. The opening credits simply puts it as Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Corey Feldman was in part four, The Final Friday, and wanted to be in this one too, but he was busy filming The Goonies by Steven Spielberg. So they just filmed a little cameo with him in his back garden for the opening sequence. This was filmed on a Sunday on his day off. The film was originally written to have Corey Feldman as the star. Victor Fadden can be seen written on the outhouse war. This is the name of the mental patient who brutally hacks up and kills the mental patient Joey. It is believed that it was put there by the filmmakers to make viewers think that it was him who was actually doing it, that he had perhaps escaped from the police and was really the one committing the murders. Tommy's opening dream was different in the original script and arguably made him seem a little bit more suspect than perhaps he did in the final film. It opens as more of a continuation from the ending of the previous film. The final chapter has a young Tommy is seen taken to the same hospital as Jason's corpse. Then, in a sudden fit of psychotic rage, young Tommy winds up attacking half of the hospital and staff trying to get to the morgue and find Jason's body to deal with it. Once he had finally found the body, Jason suddenly arises from the autopsy table and immediately after this, the adult Tommy wakes up in the van, kind of similar to how he does in the, in the actual final cut. One month prior to the film's release in the US, the Motion Picture Association of America, the MPAA, demanded that 16 scenes featuring sex or violence be edited in order to merit an R rating instead of the worse rating of an X. The film immediately required nine trips to the MPAA before finally being granted an R. This is the first film in the Friday 13th series where Jason is actually referred to by his full name of Jason Voorhees. In parts one and two, he is simply referred to as Jason, while in part three, for example, he isn't named at all, not even by his name of Jason. Part 5, of course, doesn't have him in it anyway. 
John Shepard, who plays Tommy, researched the role of the character of Tommy by working in an actual state mental hospital before filming. The scene in which Pam attacks Jason with the chainsaw was shot on Halloween night of 1984. There are three different hockey masks featured throughout the film. The first one is that of the imposter, Jason, Roy, who is the, if, as you know, I'm sure you would have watched this before listening to this because it has got spoilers, but if, as you should know, Roy is a paramedic who is actually pretending to be Jason. He wears a slightly different mask, which is kind of a clue that it's not really Jason. It has blue marks, blue stripes on it, on the cheeks, as opposed to red stripes above the eyes. Real Jason has red on the top of the mask. Fake Jason has blue down lower. The third is featured on the poster. It's actually a different hockey mask entirely with more breathing holes on it. This one never actually makes it into the used film. I'm not sure why there needed to be a third. I can understand the two. One real Jason and one slightly ordered colours as a hint that it's not the real Jason, and I quite like that. Not quite sure why they were going to have three versions that don't really make sense. The movie that Jake and Robin watch on the bed is A Place in the Sun from 1951. It is the last film of the director, Danny Steinman, but he had previously mostly done porn films before, and you kind of can tell in this movie, as part five seems to show more breasts than the other Friday the 13th films before it, and the actresses seem to be being picked for the size of their chest more than anything else. Not counting the laughing or yelling or anything like that that Tommy Jarvis does, his character only says 24 words throughout the entire film. John Shepard, who acted as Tommy, wore cowboy boots throughout the movie in order to appear taller. To keep the storyline a secret, the film was originally given the working title of Repetition, which is a David Bowie song title as well. Several other Friday 13th films have used Bowie songs as fake titles, such as Crystal Japan as the working title for Part 3. Debbie Voorhees, or Debbie Sue Voorhees, original sex scene was shot longer and more graphic by the director. As I mentioned, he was a porn director, basically, so no surprise there. The editor, Bruce Green, was told by the producer, Frank Mancuso Jr., to trim it up and make it look like a Pepsi commercial. So clearly, the producer didn't feel it needed to be quite so pornographic. And Friday 13th do not. Danny Steinman, the director, was originally going to write and direct Last House on the Left 2 for Paramount, but after that project completely fell through, the producers offered him instead a new beginning. You know, I really question the judgment in using a porn director for normal films such as a horror film like this. Like I said, aspects of his background as a porn director really does show through in this movie. The actor who ended up playing Victor was originally considered for the role of Tommy. The character Victor is the guy who's chopping up a lot of wood and ends up killing one of the other mental patients. The movie's title, A New Beginning, was chosen because it was intended originally for Tommy Jarvis to become the killer in the next movie. According to interviews with the director, he was instructed to do two things on Friday 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. He was to deliver a shock, a scare, or a kill every seven to eight minutes in the movie. 
Most importantly, he was to turn Tommy into Jason. The actor who played Victor died in 1996 from leukemia at the relatively young age of 35. Technically, the body count is said to be 22, which is very high, except uh, three are from the dream sequences, so I personally would not count them towards a body count, but whatever. Uh, One was killed by Victor, one was killed by Tommy, and 17 killed by Roy. So that, in my mind, makes a body count 19, but if you count dream sequences, it is 22. It cost a relatively low $2.2 million and made $21.9 million in the box office. Now, trivia from part 6. The first and only Friday 13th film, including New Line Cinema's three Jason films, as well as the 2009 reboot, which features absolutely no nudity, though there is a brief sex scene. So this one, I should... I should perhaps point out straight away was not that same director it was not that the Danny director who was a porn director and it's a huge contrast between the two he tried to put in part five as much nudity as possible in it this one has none after becoming a born-again Christian Tom Shepard who played Tommy in part five did not want to reprise the role of Tommy and so the role went to who I feel is a better candidate but some people prefer the original Tommy Tom Matthews because I think perhaps I'm being a little biased here because I knew him more from the role he played in the comedy horror Return of the Living Dead which is one of my favorite movies of all time I think it's just a really great well put together funny movie Return of the Living Dead and he was in that and I quite like to see him as Tommy in Friday 13th and perhaps if they had him in part five, maybe they would never have had to change the actor. Maybe he would have continued to part six as well. And maybe if the same actor had played him continually, maybe they would have carried on that character even longer than they actually did. I don't know. But anyway, that's my thoughts on it. The fake working title of Friday of this Friday 13th was Birthday Bash. And they used the name Ethan as a kind of working title for the character of Jason in the original scripts. The body count is 18 people. The original script contained material that alluded to Jason's father, which to date remains somewhat of a mystery. Nobody has ever figured out who Jason's father is. In the first movie, you see Pamela Voorhees. She's a killer in the first movie, and she's a mother of Jason, but there is never any references to the father. But in the original script for part six... They actually made references to his father. In the script, Pamela's headstone was next to Jason's in the graveyard. This is a kind of a reference to the fact that somebody must have paid to have Jason buried, which would explain why he wasn't cremated as the mayor claimed in Friday 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. What I quite like in this movie is the references to other movies and directors. I like it when movies make little references to other movies before it or other franchises. I just find it quite interesting. I like that. And this movie particularly does a lot of that. There are numerous references to other movie horror movies and other people connected with them, such as when Megan 
Megan Garris' character references a Cunningham Road. She mentions in one scene a Cunningham Road, and that is a reference to Sean Cunningham, who is the creator and director of the original Friday 13th from 1980. Tommy Jarvis uh, mentions a grocery store called Carlos, and that is a reference to the classic monster actor Boris Karloff. The sheriff, Michael Garris, mentions a town called Carpenter, and of course Carpenter is a reference to John Carpenter, who created and directed the original Halloween with Michael Myers from 1978. Also, the little girl, Nancy, seeing a monster in her dreams is a reference to A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Sissy wears a jacket with the name Baker on the back, which could be a reference to Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp in 1983. The blue pickup truck that Tommy Jarvis drives is the same truck that Pam drives in A New Beginning. The shots of Jason getting the propeller in his neck were shot in the director's parents' swimming pool. This is the only time in the series, other than the prologues and flashbacks, that there are actually children visiting the camp at the time. A crew member, Dan Bradley, played Jason for the first day of the shooting of this movie. And that is why Jason's build in the paintball shots is slightly different from a lot of the other shots. This is why Jason's eye colour changes during the film, if you pay attention. Paramount had seen, you see, the first day rushes and they asked that, the, that Jason be recast as they felt that Bradley looked too balky as Jason. So they recast the role of Jason after the first day of filming. This is the first Friday 13th movie not to place first in the US box office. The previous Friday 13th had always come first, number one in the US box office. To keep the film storyline a secret, the production was given the fake title Aladdin Sane, both as a pun, a lad insane, like a mad person, a lad insane, referencing the storyline of a mental patient pursued by the killer and also in keeping with the series' tradition of using David Bowie song or album titles as fake working titles. During the close-up shots of the children sleeping in the cabin at night, one of the children has a copy of a novel called No Exit. This was most likely intended as a joke. The book's plot is about the about three deceased souls who are brought to hell and they all lie about their reasons for being brought there. After being stuck there and trying to find ways out, one of the characters comes to the conclusion that hell is other people. The first film in the series where all teenage roles are not played by teenagers at all, they are played by young adults. None of the, none of the actors in this movie are teenagers in real life. The work print version contains the sheriff's back-breaking death in its full entirety, uncut. The ending is also slightly altered. It excludes the profanity Tommy shouts at Jason and the ensuing fight between Tommy and Jason, both above and below the lake surface, is longer. Also, Megan rescues Tommy and shoves the boat's propeller into Jason's neck. The shot of the gore spilling into the water is eliminated. When Elizabeth is killed and her money and credit card are seen floating in a muddy puddle, 
if you look carefully, the card says American Excess, not Express, Excess, with the cardholder's name as Elizabeth Mott. Mott was the maiden name of the actress who plays the character. That actress also is married to the director. Marlene Kinnaman, who starred in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning in 1985 as Pam, actually signed on to reprise her role in this film. However, the producers decided they wanted to go a new direction for this movie, which excluded her character. That, I think, is such a real pity. Because I'm not, I don't necessarily think she was one of the best leading ladies, or whatever you want to call it, in the Friday the 13th franchise. But when they have previously tried to get actresses back and have failed at doing so, you would think when one is actually finally willing to reprise her role, they would jump at it. But no, they actually had an actress willing to come back and they decided not to go anywhere with it. I think that's a real shame. It is the last film in the series to feature the character of Tommy Jarvis, who has been the protagonist since the fourth film. This is why the next sequel is subtitled The New Blood. Tommy Jarvis is the only reoccurring protagonist in the series. Of course, the the Scream Queen, or whatever you'd like to describe her as, from the original movie did come back in the second, but only really as a cameo uh, that you see her at the beginning getting killed straight away so it's li- so that's really why you count Tommy as the only reoccurring role because his character appeared in three movies in a row the film had a budget of 3 million this time and the film made 19.4 million dollars it marked the very first time that a Friday the 13th entry not only did not reach number one in the box office but also failed to gross over 20 million dollars and it begun the decline in Friday the 13th box office returns. However, it was highly regarded among the fans as best in the series, and so it's believed that it didn't do well, not because it was a bad movie, but because some fans may not have decided to return uh, to watch this movie in the box office at a time because they had felt cheated by the fact that Jason wasn't the killer in part five, so they didn't return for this movie. But later on, fans, after seeing it perhaps later on, actually liked this movie. Okay, so that's it for this week's Friday 13th film trivia. As a reminder, you can find this podcast in the iTunes podcast directory and you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. If you have any suggestions for the next episode or just this podcast in general, then you can email me at lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. That's lovehorrorpodcast, all one word with no question mark, lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. Please listen to the next episode next week. Please re- join us again and thanks for tuning in.